This episode of The Boonie Breakdown is sponsored by B. Birdwatcher Spiritual Stones, a jewelry line that encompasses the principles of balance and harmony while using amazing gems like jade and rose quartz. As a Boonie Breakdown listener, you can receive 15% off your purchase using the code Boonie. The code expires today, guys, today on July 31st. So details on how to purchase can be found in the show notes or on thebooniebreakdown.com. Hey guys, it's your girl Boonie and you're listening to episode 23 of the Boonie Breakdown Podcast. I have a special guest with me on this episode, my baby sister Lauren. Uh, We have a good discussion about the church and developing your faith and how millennials fit into the church these days. You know, I thought it was an interesting conversation because people are always shocked uh, when I say I have a little sister who's in divinity school and knowing how I feel about religion and spirituality. I think this is a good conversation. Also, the second half of our conversation, we get a bit personal. Uh, I received a reader question from Vicky, and um, I thought it would be perfect to answer this question by having my little sister on as well. And we can share our personal story on how we met to help Vicky with her question. But first, before we do all of that, let's get into the boonie pick of the week. Uh, This week, I think everyone... Or I hope everyone has seen it already. But the movie Girls Trip, I've seen it twice now, which is amazing for me because I don't go to the movies generally. (laughs) I literally only go unless something I really, really want to see or it's a black movie that I want to support. So the fact that I've seen this movie twice in two weeks um, or maybe in a week, I guess, is kind of a new gold standard for me. But I love this movie so much. And I don't want to give away much of it if you guys haven't seen it yet. But I just want to say it was two winners in this movie. The first was Essence Fest and two was Tiffany Haddish. Tiffany Haddish is a fucking star. Like, I remember her, I don't know how many people watch this show, but I remember her from the TV One show who got jokes with, um, I think it was Bill Bellamy, and she was on that show, and I'm not sure if she won, and Tommy from Martin, RIP, was uh, one of the judges on the show, and I just remember her being so funny on there, so to watch her be on the Carmichael show right now, and killing it in Girls Trip, you know, I really, really, really do hope You know, I said this in a blog post this week, and I really hope they do to her what they did for Melissa McCarthy. Like, she's just as funny, if not funnier. And after Melissa McCartney, I feel like, was in Bridesmaid, she was in every fucking thing. So I hope that happens for Tiffany Haddish because she deserves. Also, if you've heard her personal story, wow, she really deserves this. And I've got to say, Essence Fest this year looked bomb as fuck to me on Instagram. I've never gone. But after this year on Instagram, it just looked like everyone was having way more fun than I recall them having last year or the years before, or maybe just because it was Instagram so much and I just saw it everywhere. But this is the first year after looking at it on Instagram, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to go to Essence Fest next year. But then after watching this movie, I was like, oh yeah, bitch, you're going. (laughs) And kudos to the Essence marketing team because they dropped them dates quick It was beneficial um, for the 2018 dates because this movie, they really, really, really got the shine. So, again, I say, if you have not gone to see Girls Trip, you should. I also want to do a personal shout out to Oprah and Ava DuVernay for blessing us and taking the chance 
on that fine specimen, Kofi. My God, if they had not given him the chance to be in Queen Sugar, we might not know this man. And he is too goddamn fine. And I, (laughs) you know, I saw it twice in two different audiences. And the reaction was the same. That first three seconds we saw him on the screen, like, goddamn. Like, I remember in the one theater, someone yell out, won't he do it? And another lady responded, yes, he will. (laughs) But he is just, whew, mm, the things I'd do to him. So if you haven't seen Girls Trip, go check it out. I think it's really funny. And I also noticed in the second time in seeing it that I saw more white people in the theater. So I guess the word's gotten out. They want to see what's so funny about it. But I honestly think this is better than Bridesmaids. It's better than Hangover. And everyone should go see it. Um, You guys, after this episode, I think... It's only two more episodes left in the season. And for those of you who were asking me, well, how long are you going to be gone? When is season two going to drop? It's not going to be a long break at all, guys. I'll be back uh, with new episodes after Labor Day. But your girl just needed a break. I got to fine tune some things, get some things scheduled to keep the podcast going. So after Labor Day, season two will drop. And um, I also want to take some time right now to say I did not expect the reaction and the feedback for last week's Let It Go episode. I mean, really, you guys, just thanks for listening. Thanks for sending in everything. um, I'll be honest, I had edited two different versions of that. I had the one with my, the one that you guys heard, and then I had one that was pretty watered down and chopped down. And I guess... I am happy that I had the guts to release the one that was not watered down. And so thank you for all the shares. Um, Thank you for those who kind of live tweeted the episode. And I really, really want to thank Barry (laughs) of Podcasting Color. She did like kind of like a, like a eight tweet live tweet. And um, I appreciated that from her and from you guys who left comments, who sent emails, those who, you know, me personally and sent text. <laughs> I really do appreciate the feedback. Um, so again, if you did not last week, go check that one out. Episode 22, Let It Go. And remember, when you ever you share an episode of the Boonie Breakdown podcast, use the hashtag the Boonie Breakdown. Use the hashtag pod in, P-O-D-I-N. Uh, be sure to include a link. You know, we want to make things easy for people. So those of you who do that, I appreciate it. You can include the Apple podcast link, your iTunes link, your SoundCloud link, the link for the booniebreakdown.com. But it really helps so people don't have to go search for things. Uh, you guys know what to do. Follow on Facebook and Instagram. Both are the Booney Breakdown. So that is it for me, guys. And uh, let's get ready to break it down. All right, hi guys, it's your girl Booney, and I have a really, really special guest. I feel like I always say that, but um, this one really is. I have my little sister, my baby sister, Lauren, with us. Hey, Lauren. Hey, Adrian. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Good. Are you nervous? Uh, just a tad, but <laughs> I feel like this is one of our regular conversations, so. I hope it comes off that way. That's my goal. But it's so weird to, like, try to have to interview you 
because I, I know. know these things. But I still think you're an interesting person. Oh, thanks, Sissy. <laughs> but I do have to clown her before we get started, guys. Like, oh gosh, <laughs> she did make one wrong decision in life. <laughs> I don't think so. I think you made the wrong decision. Um, unfortunately, she's a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. Just. <laughs> Hey, so Roy. Just so terrible, so terrible. <laughs> but I always joke, we didn't grow up together, so I couldn't save her. <laughs> oh, gosh. I didn't mean to be saved, okay? It's so funny. So <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to have Lauren come on because I don't know if you guys saw a couple weeks ago, I was asking and looking for a youth pastor. And I know some of my friends <laughs> thought it was interesting that I have a little sister who is in divinity school. <laughs> so you guys kind of know me. And and my little sister is going to divinity school. So when I tell people that, their first question back is, she wants to be a preacher? And she doesn't. So can you kind of tell people, like, why you went to divinity school? And what, we'll start there before we go there. So why did you go to divinity school? Okay, so funny fact about me is when I was about 10 years old, I like had the chicken pox and I had to stay home from school. And in that time, like there was this movie out and it was called The Prince of Egypt, I believe. Oh, yeah, the yeah. Prince of Egypt. And my godmother bought it for me. And I just got like so hooked on this movie, right? Where I was just like, oh my gosh, like I'm just so enthralled about the characters I was reading, well, listening to, or I guess watching. And so, like, maybe two weeks later, I, like, heard this voice, and it was just, like, speak. And, like, I have never heard something so, like, pronounced ever in my life from, like, someone that wasn't, like, a human. You know what I mean? Like, it was a voice I heard loud and clear, and it said, speak. And I was like, okay, what does this mean? So the only thing I could think about was when I was in church, I would see my pastor, and he would be speaking. Okay, yeah, so I was watching a movie, um, and then mom dad and my other sister they were the congregants or whatever and so i, <laughs> I preached a sermon as like reverend divine and i was just so enthralled like oh my gosh yes this is what i'm gonna do so i went to school and i shared that same like enthusiasm and excitement with my classmates and i just got clowned for it so i like just like okay whatever this is this actually isn't what i want to do because like at that point you know you want to be cool you were in middle school you wanted to be so the you cool went kid. to school and told people about reverend divine Yes, went to school and told people about Reverend Divine, thinking I was going to get the same excitement as I did when I was home, and that did not happen. <laughs> so I was just like, okay, whatever, yep, this is not for me. So I went like went on with life, and then I wanted to be a teacher. So that, that's something I always also wanted to do. So Raven and my my cousin and my sister, they were also like my students when I was teaching, I guess, before I ever decided to go to school. And so when I went to school... Like, that's what I decided to major in. And then in school, again, I heard the same exact voice and was just like, preach. And I was just like, what? And I was like, no, no way. That's like not what I'm going to do. And so like, I was run. I felt like I was running from it. And so then when I moved to Brooklyn, like my first year, I heard it, the voice again. And it said, right, 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 right. And it said it like four times. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. Okay. And that's when I came up with the vision for my blog, Biscuits and Honey, which is a lifestyle blog, which I soon discover would be my faith style blog so it's just something I feel like what led me to divinity school is my purpose and is that's to be a teacher of the heart not necessarily preach every Sunday or like be a pastor but it is to teach people how to be more spiritually aligned and listen to their spirit you know what I mean because gotcha. it's 
God is love and in that we find who we are and our purpose. So So when you say you heard this voice, like were you at, were you alone? Were you places? Cause you always hear that when people say they got the call or the spirit spoke to them. Um, were you alone in these times that you recall hearing that distinct voice? I was alone the first two times. And then when I was in Brooklyn, I was actually in a taxi cab talking to my taxi driver and he was telling me about his dreams, how him and his wife wanted to start a, a um, restaurant. And so I was like, oh, well, you should do it. And as soon as I said those words, as soon as I said, do it, the voice I heard again said, right. And then it kept saying, right, 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 right. And I was just like, okay, this is weird. I'm sitting up here telling somebody what to do to fulfill their dream and I'm ignoring mine. So um, that's when I really started to get serious about whatever this call was. And I was trying to figure it out, like, what exactly is it? So I thought I was like, oh, okay, you always wanted to write, like, be an author. So, you know, start writing some things. And so that's when I started my blog. And now, like, I just felt like I was running from it so long. Like, I'm always the one when my friends call. They need they need prayer. I'm always the one to pray. Like, I don't take – when my friends say pray for me, I take it very seriously. And I pray <laughs> to them. I stop what I'm doing and I pray because I definitely believe that prayer works. As long as you're actually doing what it takes um, to achieve your dreams and goals, I feel like prayer will definitely always be an aid. Gotcha. So, I'm just trying to make it full circle and actually figure out what to continue to do on my purpose. But I definitely think it is to still teach. Um, I just think it's a different kind of teaching. And so, like, since you're going to do this different style of teaching um, that's based in faith, like, Mm -hmm. how do you go about doing that? Like, do you have workshops or, you know, what is the course of action that you're going to put out? For people to like follow your ministry because that's essentially what it is. Yeah, it's definitely a ministry. Uh, but what I feel though is going to happen is well, one, I do do workshops. And so I just created one called Loving Me, You, Us, which focuses on like self actualization and realization um, with the me aspect. And then the you basically focuses on the relationships that we have with people in our lives, whether it's platonic or intimate. So your family members or your coworkers, friends, that kind of thing. And then the us is the larger community. Um, So like our Baltimoreans or like people in Washington, D.C., like those kind of things. Like what are we going to do for our community? Um, and how can we make a, a bigger impact as people who are rooted in our purpose, but also are aligned to help other people realize their purpose as well. So I want to do it, one, through workshops, two, through written material, so books and uh, maybe a devotional is on the horizon. Oh, I like that. Yeah, and um, the ultimate goal is to start like a nonprofit or community development center. Uh, so... Those are the three. The Those three are your three action items that you're gonna want to yeah. do, but I think it's inter- I think it's important and interesting for people to know this side. Like you can use a uh, masters of divinity in other ways because I remember when you told me you were going to divinity school, and I kind of was like, oh my god, I'm gonna have a preacher for a little sister, <laughs> and it wasn't until you explained to me what that was or like what you intended to do with it is when I got it and I'm like okay I can see it I can see it yeah so that's what I am envisioning for future endeavors but 
I'm definitely excited. I really do feel like at this point in life, like I am on the track to like work in my purpose. It's definitely something I want to do. And it's like birthing new ideas in me. So I'm enjoying the journey. And that's a great feeling because you're so, well, you are so young. You're 25. <laughs> I, I am 25. But you speak with so much wisdom. You really oh, do. Thanks, I appreciate it. Like, um, she'll, Lauren is going to say where you can follow her on the internet um, in a bit. But when you do follow her, I don't know if she's going to share her Snapchat. But she does it sometimes on her Insta snap. Um, she posts these, like, little one-minute, like, encouraging little statements and she shared one yesterday and I was like you know what yes I needed that <laughs> oh I'm glad you should do yeah. that you know how like Rev Ryan used to do those little yeah. um on his little tv show when he was in the bathtub <laughs> that's crazy because my friend uh he responded to my um uh my snapchat yesterday and say we need to get your your energy out to the masses you need to start a youtube vlog and i'm like oh okay you let me should. think about that. you totally should like yeah. that was the first thing i thought of that little rev ryan when he would sit in his little <laughs> jacuzzi with his bubbles at the end of that show yes. but it's top. like it's small it's short enough where it doesn't feel like you're being preached to or talked down um mm -hmm. so yeah it it um start so i know when to edit um so yeah you definitely make it approachable and it's not I'm being preached to or I'm talked talked down to or I'm being judged oh well that's good that's what I always like wanted to come off as because that's truly what it is like I'm not trying to make anyone feel uncomfortable or like throwing shoving the bible down their throat but I do think there there are some gems that we can learn um from and whenever I get those I feel like I feel I need to share so keep sharing because I really do think I think the devotional could be something that's needed especially for millennials because mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I feel like so many people I know they they either get these motivational emails or I think it's even the one um uh what's it touch from the universe like people get these like daily emails you could even yeah. do something like, like that sprinkle of jesus yeah kind of like everyone's searching for this like <laughs> mm -hmm. you know for this advice and i don't know i think yeah. you could do it yeah i just gotta be consistent so Ooh, that's a good point mm -hmm. just gotta make sure i find a time suitable to do it every day at the same time and just stick to it okay so, so i also wanted to mention um <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen you do it in a while. So maybe this is me holding you accountable and maybe uh -huh. talking about it. You used to do your, your prayer call, your uh, bold and courageous prayer call. Yes. So I do still do it. It's just not every Wednesday. So it's okay. every, uh, every first of the month. So the next one is going to be on August the 1st. I did the last one July 1st, but um, yeah. So I just had to make it more sustainable because every Wednesday, you know, it just wasn't being sustained, honestly. <laughs> um, as soon as midterms and finals came along, I just was like, yeah, forget that. <laughs> yeah, you um, are so. still a grad student. Mm -hmm. So I'm still trying to stay on top of all that, plus working, and it's a lot. But no excuses. It is every first of the month now. First of the month. Got it. I should, I'm going to add it to my calendar. Because I realized um, I was talking about it to someone the other day. And I was like, you know, I haven't seen her do that in a while. Yeah. April, I mean, August 1st. I'm adding to my calendar right now. 
So I know I was reading your website and um you you mentioned one of the things I think it was for under your workshop it said you wanted people to recognize the love they yearn to receive starts with self so mm-hmm. how like what and I don't want you to give it all away because that's part of your whole workshop but like what like what are the things that you do in your workshop to help people reach that goal so we first it's a very like deconstructing and like reconstructing I guess feel to it. So I usually have my participants start with um, naming, yeah, I don't want to give away, but they, they start with something that they believe describes them. Like they give a word, um, like an adjective that they believe describes them. And then we start from there. So we just start from the very basics of what they believe love is when they're looking in the form of like self-love. What does that mean to you? Uh, because once you understand that love and how you want to receive love and how you give love, you're able to then express or or find yourself in different experiences where those you're allowed or I mean not allowed but you have access to the kind of love that you want but you have to recognize that love within yourself first before you can go out and look for for anyone else to give you that love Mm -hmm. um and so usually I do it with younger women but this last time I had uh, this most recent workshop was with older women so it was a little stretch for me Uh, but they were great participants and they really um, opened up to learning something from me because at the end a a young lady well older lady came up to me and said you know you're never too young um, to be able to teach someone something so keep doing what you're doing because it's valuable information and I'm like oh well thank you I accept I approve that because (laughs) you know coming in here I thought y'all was gonna tear me apart but no, it's it's so it's so funny how small the world is because I got a screenshot from like two people like twice removed <laughs> because someone who attended that workshop with the older women put it as their Facebook status and they put your name in it. And so someone screenshotted it just to share it with someone else. Mm-hmm. And then that person was like, Hey, isn't that your sister? <laughs> and sent it to me. And I was like, yeah. So Aww, that's awesome. It's very but sweet. We definitely, we break it down basically by just unpacking the definition of self love and then going from there. Um, and how long does your, your workshop usually run? It's usually 45 minutes. Um, that's with little to no interaction, but I force people to interact in my workshop. <laughs> <first laughs> so it can go anywhere between 45 to an hour. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. All right. So now I want to switch it. You mentioned um, your blog, biscuitsandhoney.com. And you describe it as an inspirational faith style blog. So then you have to tell us, you got to unpack what faith style is. Mm-hmm. Okay. So faith style in, in my word world, cause I feel like I gave that word life. You should trademark um, it. Go ahead. I was thinking about doing that. <laughs> but yes. So faith style basically means, you know, it's a wardrobe of what you feel as though you want to express yourself spiritually because Um, There are many things that like, and through divinity school learning, like I really do appreciate some of the traditions from like uh, the Yayin, which is a, or Taoism, which is a Chinese uh, religion. And also like, um, oh gosh, now I'm having a brain fart, but um, dang. Okay, well, I'll come back to it, but they're just different, (laughs) um, different 
just different ways of expressing yourself spiritually. And uh, I think a lot of people get so hooked up on, you know, Christians because they, because people make faith bad. It's the free will that people choose to exercise that determines someone's faith and people interpret faith in many ways. So it's amazing when someone, one particular person can define what faith means to them or what their spirituality means to them and not just fitting in under like this cookie cutter realm of what a Christian should be or a Muslim should be. It's it's whatever you as that individual, that soul individual wants to express his or herself as in the spiritual realm. And I consider myself to be a believer. Like I believe in a God and I believe in Jesus Christ, not necessarily believe in all of the doctrine and the traditions that our Christian churches um, or Christian brothers and sisters follow. But I believe the way to show someone um, your faith is to live it. So it's a style. It's, it's your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It's how you decide to define whatever it is that you choose to express yourself and how you express yourself. So when I put the faith style, it's just basically giving that soul individual the room to dress and to mold however they want to um, interact spiritually um, in their life. So it's not a lifestyle, but it's a faith style. It's the spiritual side. Some things, you know, yeah. And it's, it's, you know, I guess I can appreciate your approach because I'm someone who I don't consider myself to be religious per se, but I do have faith and I do believe in God. Um, and like I said on my podcast last week, like I would never turn down anyone's prayers for me, like ever in life. <laughs> um, but I'm, I also don't go to church. And I was, I was reading this, um, it was a study I read last week. And it said that 59% of millennials who were raised in church mm-hmm. have like dropped out, essentially, <laughs> is what it was saying. And, um, I'm trying to think of the name of the study. I think it was like Barner or something, but they were saying that like only two in 10 Americans under the age of 30 believe that attending church is important. Mm. And so as someone who is a millennial and who is getting a master's in divinity, like, like what would you say to those people? And even including your older sister who, I don't have like who don't have a problem against going to church, but just choose not to go. What would you say to them? I would say, and this is because, okay, this is going to be straight. What I feel. um, Well, okay. So I would say that the fellowship in church is something that attracts me to go. Um, It's just a, for me, it's powerful to see a whole, especially in my church, like a black, a majority black congregation united under one like one thing one cause giving praise and honor to like their lord and savior and it just always boggles me like okay how can we come in here and do this for an hour and then f- and fellowship with each other but then once we leave these these doors or these walls we act like we don't know each other so my my call to the millennial group that stray away from church is to 
to go inside and and to have conversations with the people that you least expected because you never know what can come from that just that conversation or that fellowship and see exactly what you can do one to either bring change to the things that you don't like because it is a powerful structure in the black community like it has for many years socially financially um, spiritually helped a lot of people but I think where a lot of people get hung up at is that they believe like we've all arrived or we made it and it's just that there is so much more to be done and money to be spent elsewhere um, that I think turns off a lot of people from uh, the mm-hmm. millennial age group so I just feel like if they come and give it a chance uh, just to see what how the fellowship can change their lives or to impact it or transform it anyway then to do it and if it's not for you then it's just not for you like I, I don't force anything on anyone but for me what keeps me attracted to it is just the the great fellowship that I feel like could be used and turned into um, a powerful change agent for the community. I guess my flip side to that would be, what would you say to the church? And I know the church is like the church, like you can't talk to it, but like, what would uh-huh. you say maybe to leaders of the church? Like how could they adapt to meet the needs of millennials? Because <laughs> I mean, sad to say, like the baby boomers are going to die out. And mm-hmm. I feel like they are probably the largest population of people who still regularly attend church, like faithfully every Sunday. And so like, how is the, like, how would you suggest the church evolve to kind of bridge that gap between, you know, I, I don't con- like condemn people who go to church but I just choose not to like so like what would you say to those people well okay so what what would I say to the people would I say to like the leaders and like the leaders of the church yeah okay one I would say you have to be you have to be open and ready for change I mean nothing is going to stay the same you have to let go of those traditions that grandmama and great-grandmama told you like or was built upon because those are not going to be the things that are progressive going to change any predicament of any black folk anywhere so one I would say to be open and communicate with the people who are coming up now two I would say stop wasting money on building new buildings on new churches and and always a building fund yes why can't that money be distributed to the community why can't we buy some some apartment buildings and make affordable living home like apartments for people like use your money wisely if you're going to be a follower of christ follower was worried christ was worried about the people not so much these idols and like the sacrifices like no like that no you have to let go of these traditions that are killing people literally killing people (laughs) yeah Uh, And I think that's when you when you talk about the financial aspect of it, it's like you see, you know, the boom of the mega church Mm -hmm. and how some pastors are moving from pastors, but to business like moguls slash motivational speakers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's and it's great because it's like, you know, they found this audience that's huge and they can reach, uh, you know, a massive amount of people. But it's like when you're asking your congregation to help you fund to get a private jet, (laughs) I feel like we've crossed the line there. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you know, what about even if you gave split that money up against amongst your congregation and paid off their debt, that would have a more meaningful impact than to, you know, than to buy a jet. Exactly. So that, you know, those are where I struggle with the institution of the church. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, 
you never know. You keep evolving maybe in like five, six years, you know. I'm back in the church every Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. We shall see. But, you know, I even, I do look at my friends and I can probably only name two or three that I know make every effort to get to church every Sunday. Really? And that's like, either I went or I, you know, I didn't make it physically, but mm-hmm. I watched the live stream. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say it's probably only I like two or three. Mm. And then I, I know some friends who I don't think I've ever talked about church with ever. Mm. But I, cause I don't think they, you know, had that foundation of going to church. Right. So I know I had a granny wasn't playing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know she wasn't. We went to church like every Sunday. I felt like Granny was at church every day of the week, honestly. But um, yeah, we were definitely at church every Sunday, and it's something I know. And even you know, Pop Pop, love Pop Pop. He'll throw his little shade every now and then. Like, when the last time you've been to church? And I shocked <laughs> him because I went in March, <laughs> and he was expecting me to say like I ain't been this year, and I was like. He was like, "Oh, really? <laughs> oh, does he still go to church? Huh? Does he still go to church when every he can? Sunday? <laughs> oh, um, every Sunday. He drives himself. No, he takes the little like uh, mobility van. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. But he's there, and that's why I know. Like, I know if he didn't go, if I didn't have to like pick up his suit from the cleaners or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's cute. So, um. So really quick, before we move on, can you tell everyone, I know we've talked about your websites and where they can find you on social media. We'll recap it at the end, too, but in case people check out now. Sure. So you can go to my website, laureneboone.com. Follow me on IG, laureneboone, and Twitter, Speaks. Oh, Speaks. That's Mm -hmm. why I couldn't find you the other day. Yeah, girl, I changed my name. I like the new branding. Go ahead and brand yourself, girl. I want to thank our July podcast sponsor, Beebird Watcher Spiritual Stones. You Zenists and fashionistas alike will love to explore the world of Beebird Watcher Spiritual Stones. The jewelry line encompasses the principles of balance and harmony, protection and strength, relationships and self-improvement with an eco-chic fashion sense. I have a few of these gorgeous pieces, guys, and I definitely use the code to get a few more. So guys, don't worry. You can shop too. There's some dope black onyx and tiger's eye pieces for the fellas to choose from too you have not seen quality gemstone jewelry like beeper watch your spiritual stones there's a piece to fit every budget with prices starting at just 35 dollars and 15 dollars for the kitties so as a dope boonie breakdown listener you have one more day to get 15 percent off your purchase by using the code boonie the code expires on july 31st 2017 so what are you waiting on Head on over to the show notes or theboonybreakdown.com and click the link to purchase your bead bird watcher jewelry now. All right, guys. Uh, So after that word from our sponsor, we're going to switch gears here. And I shared in episode three, I believe it was, kind of the story of, you know, meeting my other family which includes Lauren. 
(laughs) And from that episode, I got a a few questions asking more details. And, you know, some things I can't divulge everything because it's not just my life. But I did choose one question. And I thought since I was having Lauren on that it would be interesting to see both sides of it well it's more sides but you'll at least get my side and her side um and hopefully this helps this reader with the questions i'm gonna read it and then we can go from there lauren all right so the question is Booney, thank you so much for opening up and sharing a glimpse of your story of growing up as a fatherless child i think it was brave of you to take the chance and then to share it with us I am curious, though, if you wouldn't mind sharing how you felt in the moment of initially meeting this new family. Were your sisters and other family receptive to you being there? How would you suggest someone else go about trying to meet their family? I loved how in your episode number three, you stated that you kept having to remind yourself that it wasn't your secret. I recently found out the person who I always thought was my father was not my biological father, and I'm deciding if I want to take the choice to find mine. The situation is different, but I appreciate your voice and advice on the matter. Sincerely, Vicky. So, Vicky, you asked a lot right there. Um, (laughs) So, we're going to try to unpack it a bit. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm like I'm, I'm rereading this to see where I want to start. So just as a, 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 a refresher, or for some of you, it might be the first time if you've never listened to us or you didn't listen to episode three. But um, and I mentioned this early in this episode, Lauren and I did not grow up together. I think it's been now like eleven years. God, mm, it's been like wow. eleven. <laughs> it's been like eleven years, and how um. I went about this. <laughs> I sent, God bless Mark Zuckerberg, but I sent a Facebook message to our other sister. And I remember like toiling over it. Like I let it sit there on the computer like all night. And I came back to it the next morning and I was like, oh my God, if I got this, I wouldn't believe it. And so I, I, I beefed it up some and put some details in it that, would give me some type of credibility. And then I just hit send. And then I remember like <laughs> running <laughs> away from the computer and like telling my grandmother, oh, I was like, oh my God, I just did a bad thing. <laughs> and she was like, what? <laughs> what did you do? And so, you know, first of all, I had to explain what Facebook was. Then I had to tell her, you know, what I did. And she was like, well, you know, I don't think it was a bad thing, but she was just kind of like, are you ready for this? And I know it was something that I wanted my entire life. So 11 years ago, I was, what, 21? Oh, God. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I was still kind of young. Um. Yeah, I think it was 15. Yeah, we were babies. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it was heavy. But like I said in that episode, it wasn't my secret. And, you know, my grandmother was like, you know, it's going to be what it's going to (laughs) be. And I was like, you know what? She's right. And so when my mom got home from work, I told my mom. 
And one of the things my mom always said to me growing up was the relationship uh, with both my father and my sisters that I wanted, it was only going to happen through the children. And growing up, I never knew what that meant, but that's what she always said to me. And so here, the, here it is, this, this tool, Facebook, <laughs> that allows you to connect with everyone. And so I sent the message and I was sick. Like, what if she doesn't respond? What if she's like, she's a liar? What if she goes and asks them first? And they're like, oh, this girl is lying. Like, I just thought about so many things. And um, so this is like really before iPhones and anything. So the only time you really could get on Facebook was sitting at a computer. And so I, I go back and the next day I had a message. And um, she was just like, oh, my God, I got to meet you. <laughs> and so we met and do you want to talk about being sick again like I I was so nervous I remember going to the Fridays and um and sitting in the the waiting area and just like at my leg I just kept like tapping my leg and shaking and I remember the man asking me like are you okay and so I called my mom and I was like you know I'm, I'm gonna leave I can't do it <laughs> and she's like what you know you did all of this why would you leave now and so just as I was like, yeah, I'm out of here, I look over and our sister, she comes walking in the door. And it was like, oh, my God, it's a mirror. Like, we, we looked exactly alike. Um, and so we sat down and we talked and she she graciously answered the questions that she could answer for me. Um, I answered the questions that I could answer for her. And... It, she was like, oh, my God, I'm so glad you did this because I'm moving out of the city in two days. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, what? And she was like, yeah, you know, I'm moving to another city. So if you had sent this any later, this wouldn't have happened. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, just thinking about the timing of that. And then uh, she tells me that she's driving to this new city, a 12 hour drive with our father and instantly I got sick again because I felt horrible now that I had dumped this on her and now she was responsible <laughs> for holding this so yeah I, I felt kind of good um like I got I made this connection I never thought it would happen I'm looking at my sister but then I, I mean I literally felt sick like oh my god she she has to do this now and I, no one can help her like she has to do it alone um so I never knew how that <laughs> turned out I know it happened because I'm talking to Lauren now <laughs> um but I, I will say like I was so nervous to do it myself and then I was so nervous for my sister to then have to go reveal that she knew and then to tell Lauren that she knew, um, that was a lot on people who were 21 and 18 and 15. Yeah. <laughs> so looking back at that, like, wow. So Lauren can speak to her part, <laughs> but that was my, my part. 
Okay. So maybe I guess like after two weeks of you first meeting our other sister, uh, she then told me, but just to backtrack a little bit, when she first got down there, and it, I don't know if you remember this, but she had like this necklace and it said best. Like I think hers said oh, best. Yeah. Like I still have it. <laughs> and I looked at it, I picked it up and I said, Oh, well, where's the other half to this necklace? Who has it? And like you could tell, like she. I saw the fright in her like eyes and she said, oh, nothing. Stephanie has the other one. So Stephanie is her best friend. And so I was just like, okay. Um, and so that was the first week. And so the second week, I think it was like a Wednesday, she was picking me up from softball practice and she wasn't taking me straight home. And we usually go straight home. I was like, where are we going? And so being dramatic, I guess <laughs> it's possible. She turns up and she's like, you know, I love you, right? And I'm like, yes. She's saying, I will never do anything to hurt you. And I said, yes. And then she told me, she was like, well, we have another sister. And I'm like, huh? I was like, what? <laughs> and she was like, yeah. And I, and I was just like, in disbelief like I didn't know what to think I'm like really are you sure she's like yeah and then she started giving me your name and where you were and um so we went to Brewster's and like we were just shocked we were just like I don't know we don't know what we're gonna do we don't know what we're gonna tell mommy and daddy and so it was getting late and we got a phone call and it was my mother on the other line she was like where are y'all y'all need to come home and at this point I'm upset I'm I'm like just I feel betrayed. I'm just like, we'll be home when we get ready to be home. Like talking back and oh wow. <laughs> yeah. And so so our sister, we drove home and we made up this whole like plan of what we were gonna say and how we were gonna bring it up. And so when we walked in the door, she like jet sets to the bathroom and locks herself in there. And I'm just like, oh. really? So now I'm just like standing in front of two very upset parents who I just really talked back to and like hung up the phone on and I had to explain myself so we had a very long interesting conversation and it was definitely some tension in the home for that month um and I think that was April I want to say it was either April it It was was April or May or something yeah I think maybe May yeah so it was just very tense in the home um and then of course I was on board like I wanted to meet wanted to meet you um, and see what we had missed out on so many years. Uh, But it definitely was, I would say it was traumatic because we just, it was just a whole dynamic, like a shift, like a total change in the atmosphere. Like who could we trust? Were there other people that we didn't know about? Like that kind of thing, like started to weigh on us, like me and our other sisters. So it was yeah. very like, yeah, troubling. Yeah, and I, you know, I always, I think I just recently found this out, maybe with like in the last year. <laughs> I think you and I talking to like how that transpired, but I always just felt so terrible that it was her who had to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I still think, um to answer the part of the in the question where it's like were people receptive I can speak on uh, my side because I'm the new person (laughs) so it's kind of like how you start a job and like everyone knows who you are but you still you're still learning their names (laughs) um and that's kind of how it felt like 
I felt extremely uncomfortable whenever I would um, be around because I felt like, like, do I belong here? Like, Mm -hmm. I'm the one who blew up the spot in a sense. (laughs) Like, it was just always this level of uncomfort, Mm -hmm. which I'll be honest, is still there to some degree. Like, it hasn't just magically faded away. Um, Yeah. Just because I, you know, we we spend holidays and we talk now, and it's not a secret. Like, it is still some level of uncomfort. Um, and I'll be honest, I probably rely on Lauren way more <laughs> than I should. Um, but yeah, I, I think over time. I mean, it's been eleven years. I don't know <laughs> at what point, for me at least, it'll be like this feels normal. Because even though this is something I always wanted, I never thought it would actually happen. Wow. And so it's still this, like, um, this, I don't know, I guess the word shock. Like, wow, did that really happen? Like, this happened? <laughs> and so things, like, I'll still do things or, like. Is life? Hmm? I'll say, like, is this my life? Like, yeah, is this really happening? Yeah, that's what it feels happening? like. Like, this, is this really happening? Or, like, some people who... I knew from my, ch- not even childhood, but I've known for a, a good amount of my life when I say, oh, I have sisters or, mm-hmm. oh, that's my father. It's like, what? You ain't never had no sisters when I knew you. <laughs> right. So it's kind of like that explanation there too. Um, yeah, I don't know. But I don't know. Has, did it ever feel uncomfortable for you? It did. And I think I felt more so like uncomfortable for like the adults in the situation. Um, and it's like, okay, how, who, like, I don't want to step on anyone's toes. I don't want to be disrespectful to anybody. But like at the same time, like you said, it wasn't our secret. So I couldn't live my life for someone else's like shame, I guess. Um, yeah. It, so and- it was, it, yeah, it has been uncomfortable. But for me, right now, I don't. I don't find any uncomfortability in the situation anymore. Like, I'm really not trying to, I'm really just trying to build relationships, honestly. I think that's fair enough. And I I think um, for me too, sometimes, and I guess, you know, if you do decide to search out and find the person who is your birth father is understanding his situation (laughs) I mean I know that sounds kind of backwards because you're like well where have you been um (laughs) and why am I being you know catering and trying to understand you but I also feel like with my sisters I have to be respectful when we talk about our father and knowing that my experience isn't their experience um same here and so I do think we play that dance sometimes <laughs> where we're like, I don't know if they notice, but I still have a hard time saying daddy or saying father. Um, and so I'll just say his first name. And mm-hmm. I know I'm like, I know they're probably like still. <laughs> so I try to like force myself, not force myself, but try to get used and get comfortable. Cause the only way I'm going to get comfortable in, saying those words is by saying those words um (laughs) so I try to make myself switch that vocabulary because what has always been comfortable for me um 
but yeah, I think that that might be like the the only um, and I don't want to say awkwardness, but the only dance that I do with my sisters. Um, but yeah, I think that that's really it for me. And so I guess if my suggestion, if you're gonna really go about this, is to also be prepared for rejection. Um, yeah, because I think I prepared so much for the rejection. <laughs> that I didn't prepare for what if this actually happens who were you like were you afraid of rejection from like everybody or specifically daddy I think everybody because I also well yeah I'm gonna say probably the one that would have hurt the most would uh would have been him um but I think everybody in the sense because I have friends who have parents who are, have been married 30 years, you know, mm-hmm. and some of them have said to me, oh, my God, if if I found out my dad had an extra daughter, I wouldn't talk to that bitch. Wow. <laughs> and I'm sitting here like, well, I'm, I'm not an extra daughter, I'm you know. <laughs> That's me. Yeah. And so I'm, I am, um, it's cool for me, not cool, but it's interesting for me right now because I do have a friend who is that who is experiencing that from the other side. And so for me, I like that I'm able to watch how she's dealing with that, finding out about an extra sibling. Uh-huh. Um, because it, it gives me that kind of look in like, oh, okay, well, that's kind of how they're, that's how they're doing it. Right. And the thing is, it's like, as, as you know, heavy as a secret as it is to say oh I've had this daughter out here you had a sister mm-hmm. we aren't the only family who has that no, <laughs> and I can name so not so many but I can name a good amount of people who I know experienced something like this um with different outcomes as well like yeah different outcomes so I was just I think I had prepared myself so much for rejection that I just kind of walked blindly into this, like, because <laughs> I, I just didn't think, I'm like, this is never going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then it happened. And then it happened. And it was like, like okay, oh, shit, what do I do? <laughs> I'm 21. Like, I don't know if you remember the first time after, it's like when I saw you guys all together, it was at, um. Professionally? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think I remember having like a mild breakdown and like going to my hotel room and like calling my mom like oh my god I need you <laughs> and she's like nope you gotta do it and I'm like no I need you <laughs> and so it's like always I always wanted um I guess the, what I'm looking most forward to as we continue this journey is to to not feel like I need a crutch there all the time. Mm-hmm. So I replaced the crutch um, with people that I knew with my sisters. And so I want to get to the point where I feel like I don't need that to be comfortable to be around my father. Uh, yeah, that's why you need to go on this date. But you still <laughs> I still haven't done it. I'm so terrible. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I know my therapist knows that's why I haven't been back because I haven't done it. <laughs> so just side note, like my therapist gave me homework and um, 
it was to like go on a date with my father Mm. and so I did the initial reach out but I haven't done the date yet right gotta follow up Adrian gotta follow up and so because I haven't done the homework I haven't gone to therapy since (laughs) (laughs) because I know if I go in there and I tell her I haven't done it that I just don't even want to do it so I'm not going back to her until I do it yeah that's not terrible it it was it was it was definitely in May when I did the initial ask Mm -hmm. and it's July 24th (laughs) no comment Adrian (laughs) so Vicky I don't know I know that was like a long-winded answer um but I don't know it's it's it is a delicate situation and yeah so if you're gonna decide to take that uh risk but I do feel like I know even um, um, it's so many examples of this to to look to to kind of feel like how this could go. So this is just one example. But <laughs> a couple of weeks ago on the Carmichael show, they had this same exact thing. Oh, I still haven't watched that episode. <laughs> and oh you have God. to watch it. So I text both of my sisters like, oh, my God, trigger warning. Like <laughs> if you got. <laughs> are watching the Carmichael show this week it's us and I think the the kid's name was like Morris or whatever and he did the same exact thing I did like he sent a Facebook message oh wow like it was our story and I was like oh my god Gerard Carmichael like saw my tweet or heard something I've written in the past or something because it was like it was my story or our story oh wow isn't that crazy I have to go watch it yeah that is crazy you should watch it. So that is crazy. Well, I'm glad you sent that Facebook message. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> I and I did tell our other sister, um, you know, if she had not believed me or chosen to meet me, mm-hmm. then this wouldn't have happened. Right. Because I probably would have given up at that point like you know what I tried I don't think so you don't think I would have no knowing you Adrian no you're not going (laughs) next one is going to be sent to someone else (laughs) (laughs) I would have just went down the list (laughs) no you definitely would have gone another way and I think too just you know before we wrap up I keep saying that but it just keeps thinking of stuff because it's so complex is I think when you're going into the situation the people who are who might who might be receiving you Um, might also question your motives and I think as long as you're pure in your intention and in your motives Mm -hmm. then it'll be easy that's very true because up front all I said was I just want a relationship with my sisters and my father Mm -hmm. it wasn't about me you know we can't make up for lost time (laughs) like you just can't do that but from this moment on this is what I want and it wasn't about money or you didn't get me this because you you weren't there. It, it, that never even qu- crossed my mind. Mm-hmm. But it was always like once the moment I found out I had sisters, it was like I was a dog with a bone. <laughs> I love you, Koi. That's my brother. <laughs> yeah. But once I found out I had sisters, that was it. I was hoping you were a, you were a boy though, Adrian. Like I always really? wanted an older brother. Yeah, but it's fine. I'm, I'm glad sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> so, 
So any last words on this one, Lauren? Um, I would just say, Vicky, if you are, well, she's the one, she found out she had another sister or she's trying to find her. She's trying to find her father. Her father. Okay. Well, yeah. So if he does have other children, I would just say, be careful of like the conversations you all do have with him because, and not to say like Adrian did this, but like if you can't go and bash him and expect them to bash him as well, because like you said, it's just two different experiences on the on a like you know on the each side so while I, I can understand the hurt and like pain that you you probably you know feel Adrian I would never be like a, I would never be able to say that like feel that pain you know what I mean which kind of makes me feel guilty but it's just like I gotta stop because it's not it's not my guilt to have um but it, it does make me see a man who I've loved and like has always been there with, for me, like in a different light. And that's kind of like the downside to the other children, you know? Yeah. So go in there, girl, with good intentions, as Adrian said. Yeah, I honestly think if if that's truly what you want, then you'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if you, if you have a rotten spirit or bad motives like it'll come to light and it'll just make it worse <laughs> exactly you won't get anywhere yeah so good luck vicky good luck hope all goes well me too well yeah. thanks for sharing that lauren no problem sis thanks for having me right, Nestle, can you remind everyone where they can find you on the interwebs again sure you can follow me on instagram at lauren e dot boone on my website lauren e boone.com and on twitter at l boone speaks got it so thanks sis you're welcome thank you sis all right guys i want to thank lauren for being a guest on the boonie breakdown podcast i want to thank you guys for listening and i also want to thank vicky for sending in her question um i hope that lauren and i were able to give you some type of resolve for your question and good luck if you decide to go out and search for your biological dad um i know it's hard i know it's scary but Hopefully, you can have a rewarding outcome like I did. Uh, So shoot us an email and let us know what you decide to do and what the outcome of your actions are. Because I would love to know how that turned out. All right, guys. You know, follow us on Facebook and Instagram, The Boonie Breakdown. Remember, when you're sharing this episode, to use the hashtag The Boonie Breakdown and hashtag pod in, P-O-D-I-N. And don't forget to include those links. So that's it. Until next time.